الحمد لله الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه مباركا عليه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى جل جلاله وعم نواله والصلاة والسلام على سيد الحبيب المصطفى صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد لقد أنزلنا إليكم كتابا فيه ذكركم أفلا تعقلون This is a verse from Surah Al-Anbiya which is chapter 21 it's verse 10 of Surah Al-Anbiya Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala says We have revealed to you O people we have revealed to you a book in which is a message for you فيه ذكركم in which there is a reminder for you there is a remembrance for you. There's a message for you. Will you then not understand? Will you then not comprehend? So this is a direct address to us that the Quran is a message. And this is something that we need to start thinking about. How long will it be that we just, mashallah, we read the Quran, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept it. We read a lot of Quran, alhamdulillah, especially in Ramadan, our community has to be um, acknowledged for reading lots of Qur'an. But when will we start letting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speak to us directly? When we start understanding what Allah is saying to us? Otherwise we'll pass this life, we'll go and then meet Allah and we would not have known what He had directly said to us in His own words with some kind of understanding and comprehension. So this verse is telling us the same thing of Surah Al-Anbiya. We've revealed to you a book in which is a message for you then will you not understand it? Alhamdulillah, inshallah we're safe in the sense that we get this message through other languages, through our teachers, through our ulama, through our bayans. We get the message, alhamdulillah. But there's just something else when you look at the Quran directly. For example, we tell people to read the Quran. If you have a difficulty, especially if you have a difficulty, one of the best cures and therapies rather, therapies for this would be that you open the Qur'an with a translation, whatever language it is, Urdu, English, whatever language it is. And you will find so many things to reflect on that our own griefs and worries will start to diminish. We'll start realizing the sunnatullahi fil ard, which means what is the way of Allah in this world? How does he do things in this world? We know the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. What is the sunnah of Allah? We learn that from the Qur'an. And the other benefits of reading the Qur'an is that it gives you a Muslim mizaj, a true believer's mizaj, a true believer's perspective. How is that helpful? It's helpful in the sense that in our sharia, there's things which are very clearly halal and obviously halal and something which are obviously haram. But unfortunately, there's a lot of things in between where we need guidance because they're not neither clearly halal, neither clearly haram. They're a bit vague. Even the, sometimes the ulama differ about it. So what do we do in those kind of cases? What do we even do about halal and the haram? When you start reading the Quran and the sunnah, you develop a mizaj of the sharia. You develop the spirit, the inclination, a spiritual and a Quranic perspective on things and that leads life much better that provides a much better understanding of life and it gives a lot more comfort 
This is generally what people miss out on. So, the Quran, according to Shaykh Abul Hassan Ali Ladwi, rahmatullah, he says the Quran is like a clear mirror for anybody. It's a mirror that will reflect you. So while it has a message that is universal to everyone, but if I read the Quran, I'm going to get in certain, certain verses are just obviously clear. They're a very particular meaning. But in terms of what I read between the lines and what inspiration I get for it, I'm going to get something different from what you get, from what he gets, from what he gets, from everybody's going to get their own unique one based on their own condition. That's why the Quran is a, a smart book in that sense. It gives you back something that is related to your condition. And that's the amazing thing about the Quran, that it gives you something back according to your condition, whatever your condition is. Try it. I guarantee you that it, for a certain person, if you're a sensitive individual who's constantly getting upset about small things, does anybody suffer from that? Somebody who generally has waswasa, or not waswasa, not, not uh, necessarily doubts, but who generally gets upset and sensitive about little, little things, and then they start crying. Well, then don't waste your tears. If you're a person who likes to cry easily, sometimes... Um, you know, it depends. Sometimes women have more of that issue than men. You just like to cry more easily. It's a very valuable asset, to be honest. To be able to cry easily, there's people on the 27th night, they can't cry, though they're trying. They just can't cry. They don't know how to cry. They've never cried since they were young. Or maybe even when they're young, they didn't cry. I don't know. And mashallah, there's some people who just keep crying for free. And just losing their tears. They're just willing to cry. In front of people, in private, wherever. They just keep crying. So use your tears. Believe me, you've got an asset. You need to channel them in the right direction. Open a Qur'an. Take one with a good translation. And mashallah, now we have many, many, many translations. That's why our ulama wrote the translations. Even Hazrat Yusuf, uh, our Shaykh Hazrat Yusuf Mutala, Rahimahullah, even before he passed away, Alhamdulillah, he had the Qur'an translation in Urdu, a simple Urdu. And there's many, many other translations. It's for us to read. It's not for ulama only. They know the Arabic. It's for us to read. So you start reading, and believe me, within a page or two, you will find something to cry about. Pour your emotion. Because you just need to release emotion. Just cry. The other place you can cry is when you feel like crying. Instead of, again, wasting it, just put your hands up to Allah. And cry to Allah in a dua. And it'll be much more useful. Don't waste your tears. So there's many, many things you'll get out of the Quran when you read it. There's so many things you will think about. And it just helps to straighten out. It's, like a, it's almost like a, a spellbinding book in that sense. So, uh, Shaykh Abul Hasan Nadwi says that it's a transparently clear mirror in which everybody can see their own image. If I read it, I will realize what my issues are. Because I'll be able to relate to some of the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has criticized, has condemned. And there'll be other things which I can... Thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for so because it goes in accordance to what I'm finding in there. And this is how the ulama, this is how our ancestors, this is how they developed the mizaj. They had such a strong believer's mizaj, uh, uh, a temperament. It's from that. They didn't treat the Quran as some kind of archaic book, some kind of tales of old communities. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very selective in the stories that he mentions and the details in the stories he mentions. 
he, he only mentions, in many cases, just bits of different stories in different places. Because the main purpose of those stories is to take a lesson. It's not just to tell you a story. Though Yusuf Alayhi story, Allah specifically singles out and says, this is one of the best stories. But again, it's full of, because every part of it. Yusuf Alayhi was made to go through so many different hurdles in life, so that we can learn from one of those hurdles or the other hurdle. You know, an orphan can learn from their, uh, a man who's discriminated against can learn from their, a person who is abandoned, rejected, a person who has lost their parents, a person who uh, has become slandered, uh, you know, for something they didn't do, a person who becomes the, the minister of the interior for, for agriculture distribution, uh, a dream interpret. I mean, it's got so many different things that we can relate to. People who look at the Quran, they, what they will find as a result, rather, they won't have much difficulty in figuring out solutions to things. So, let us look at one particular incident. There was a person called Ahnaf ibn Qais. He was one of the Tabi'een closely related to Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu. And once he read the verse of the Quran which says, لَقَدْ أَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكُمْ كِتَابًا فِيهِ ذِكْرُكُمْ أَفَلَا تَعْقِلُونَ This verse that I just recited. We've sent this reminder to you. Will you not understand it? So it kind of woke him up. And he said, I need to look at this. I need to see where my mention is in here. Because the Quran is a reminder for you, so I want to see what it's reminding me of. What's the personal message for me in here? So I can check who I'm closer to, who I'm like. So this is giving give us one idea how to read the Quran. Okay? And I want us in the month of Ramadan, aside from your Quran reading, I want you to try this at least once. But every day, spend 15-20 minutes at least reading through a translation and pondering. Aside from your you know, hour, two hours of reading that you do, do some pondering. Inshallah, you'll benefit hugely. Now, he passed by a group of people that are mentioned in the Quran in Surah Al-Dhariyat. So he, it was, كَانُوا قَلِيلًا مِّنَ اللَّيْلِ مَا يَهْجَعُونَ وَبِالْأَسْحَارِ هُمْ يَسْتَغْفِرُونَ وَفِي أَمْوَالِهِمْ حَقٌّ لِلسَّائِلِ وَالْمَحْرُومِ So that's the group that he passed by. And that was a group that sleeps very little. They sleep little. And then they are seen making istighfar at sehri time. So they've slept little, which means they've done worship. And at the end of the night of all of that worship, where they should be saying that, oh, I've done so much worship, they're actually doing istighfar that Allah forgive us. This was the way of the Sahaba. And in their wealth is a right for those who ask and those who are deprived. So they're people who are generous and who spend from their wealth. So he looked at the verse and he said, am I from these or not? Can you see how he's interacting with the Quran? Thereafter that he passes by another group of people in Surah Ali Imran. الَّذِينَ يُنْفِقُونَ فِي السَّرَّاءِ وَالدَّرَّاءِ وَالْكَاظِمِينَ الْغَيْظَ وَالْعَافِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ 
Wallahu yuhibbul muhsineen. These are people who spend both in prosperity and in adversity. They spend both when they have and when they don't have and when they are in need themselves, they're still spending. And they're controlling of their anger. And they are very pardoning of people. They forgive people. They don't indulge and keep pursuing small, small petty issues and wasting their time. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves these uh, doers of good. Allah loves the doers of good. So when I'm reading this, am I thinking, do I spend? MashaAllah. There's some people uh, in Africa, when we went there to Senegal, we heard about one scholar. Whatever he used to get, he was a prominent scholar, he used to get lots of money that coming in. But he used to make it like he gets the money and then he gives it away. Because he had lots of people, there's lots of poor people, so he used to help a lot of poor people. He never had to do zakat. Zakat was never wajib on him. He never had approximately saving of 300 pounds, nisab. Never had zakat. But he thought, you know what, I am never going to be able to fulfill this obligation of zakat. I should also pay zakat. Right? I should also pay zakat. So he said, so what he did one year was that he kept back, you know, zakat nisab amount. So that he could have a year go past and then he paid zakat on it. So he can say, okay, alhamdulillah, I fulfill my zakat. I have the maza of fulfilling zakat as well. Lots of people are looking for an easy side business. Right? And um, what's the best side business? You've already got a full-time job. You want to make a bit of extra income. I mean, mashallah, the women, they've got, they can bake cakes. It's like Instagram is full of them. Every area has, I don't know how many, mashallah, new bakers in town. Otherwise, roti makers, right? And when it comes to Ramadan, it's samosas and all of these things. Mashallah, alhamdulillah, Allah barakat des You know, Allah bless everybody. And guys, what, what's your side business? You're looking for that ideal investment. Generally, you only find about ideal investments after they're finished. You know, somebody tells you, I, oh, oh, it's finished now, right? Because, subhanAllah. So what's the best side business you can do for an extra income? How do you earn a bit of a side extra income? How about Uber? That's an easy one now, mashallah, you know, you, it's very easy. Just sign up and have the right car and you can do a bit of Uber on the side. Weekends and so on. However, believe me, I'll give you a side business which works. Give some sadaqah regularly. And I'm not joking, it works. You won't have to do Uber, inshallah. Give some sadaqah. And I say that from the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, مَنْ يُقْرِدُ اللَّهَ قَرْضًا حَسَنًا Who is the one that will give a goodly loan to Allah? So whenever we're giving sadaqah, it's a loan to Allah. Because the, the poor, they're representing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because that's Allah's uh, command for us. Because everybody is Allah's creation, so that's what it is. So, who gives a goodly loan to Allah? فَيُضَاعِفَهُ لَهُ أَضْعَافًا كَثِيرًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will multiply it many times over. Multiply many times over. And there's a number of verses like that in the Quran. One brother I met in Hajj. He's a doctor in Chicago. And a few Ramadans ago, he, he, he sponsors one iftar student every year. He's been doing that for the last two, three years. So that 
two years ago, I think it was, I can't remember, it was two years ago, I think it was two years ago. It was during the last ten nights, he says, I'm going to send the money then, for the last ten nights. And so he sent the money. Then a day or so later, he sent me a long message, I think I've still got the message. He said, I sent that money, I also sent to our local institutions, I also gave them a sizable amount. So I'm sure he donated several thousand pounds. And he said, I depleted my bank balance. Right? I depleted my bank balance. Meaning I didn't have much left. And I, was, and I looked at it and you know, there is, as a human being, you're like, am I going to have enough for the next bills and things like that? Because I, he really went and just spent, you know, in the path of Allah. So he said, I was just thinking about that. And he said, I got a call. He's a doctor. He goes, I got a call from somebody who needed consultation services. And basically, the amount was going to be way more than what I just paid. Allah secured me straight away. This happens on multiple occasions, and I'm sure you may have experienced it. But the, way, the best way to do it, the easiest way to do it, throughout the year, is to do a direct debit. Alhamdulillah, Allah has made it easy. One is you have to remember to keep taking sadaqah. Oh, you can do that. These people have um, some really creative ways of doing that at home. But the other way is just to do a direct debit. As less or as more, do it diversified number of different organizations. Ummah Welfare Trust, ISDA, White Thread Institute, and whoever else uh, there is, you know, whatever you want to give to, even five pounds, ten pounds, whatever it is. And it just keeps going. And the other thing it will do is it will protect your money. Because remember, whenever we earn money, there's some dirt that could come into it because the economy is... You know, it's a big bubble. Uh, and while we may be trying to earn a halal living, but where our money comes from, it could be tainted or whatever. So in hadith in Muslim, the zakat, zakat particularly, is wasikhu amwalin nas, is the dirt of the wealth of people. That's why we don't use it in masjids and things like that. Right? It's only for the poor, very specific. And the other categories that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned. So these are the people who spend in both good times and difficult times. I tell people, like even students, like you're struggling, give even a pound a week. I mean, a pound a week is a joke now, to be honest. I mean, in terms of inflation and everything. But give something in, and you'll see it will keep coming back. The barakah you get will be absolutely amazing. I'm telling you this from experience. I'm not saying this just based on what I'm reading. I'm telling you this from experience of many, many people. But the thing is, you have to try to first get the experience. It's one of those where I believe in it, but I haven't seen it yet. Well, you're not going to see it if you don't spend. So spend. The minimum Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises is, He says that it's like a seed you put. That seed becomes, how many? Sumbulat, seven ears of corn. Every ear of corn has a hundred seeds on there. So that's 700, that's the minimum. Okay, then he carried on. Then he passed by another group of people in Surah Al-Hashr, verse 9. They give preference over themselves, priority over themselves, even if they are in severe need, even if they have severe hunger themselves. This is based on that story of that Sahabi who brought the guest of the Prophet if you remember. This was one of the verses that was revealed then. And then it says, Whoever is protected from the greed of the heart, then these are the successful ones. 
whoever is protected from the greed of the heart is the successful one. This is talking about miserliness. Miserliness, how do you define miserliness? You know, some of us are just stingy by nature. That's fine. If you compare yourself to your own brothers and sisters, you will find that some of us are more intelligent than somebody else. Some of us are more laid back. Some of them are more particular. Some of us are a bit more angry. Some of us are a bit more stingy. Some of us are more, more um, uh, what do you call it, generous. Now, we're not punished for whatever, however, Allah has made us with the qualities or uh, challenges Allah has created us. But if we use it in the wrong way, then, then we are in trouble for that. So where, it does, where does miserliness and stinginess become a problem? In three places. Where the Sharia makes it obligatory to spend and you don't. Where it recommends you spend and you don't. Or where social, common decency demands that you spend and you don't. So for example, where you have, uh, where Sharia obligates you is zakat. Sadaqatul fitr. If you don't spend there, then it's clearly it's haram, that's wrong. Where the Sharia recommends you spend, general sadaqat, relief, and all of these things. There's a collection for Palestine, or for the Rohingya, or whatever, and mashallah, everybody's got water in their eyes, and they're spending, and you're like, not sure, you know, I'd like to spend, but I've never done it before, you know, for whatever, whatever's going on. And the third one is common decency. Just where commonly people spend and they exchange gifts, for example. People send food to one another's house. Don't, a lot of the time it's like they sent it out, so we're sending it to the house. That neighbor doesn't send, we're not going to send there. <laughs> SubhanAllah. That's not the way in Islam. The Islam is that you send it regardless of whether they give you anything back. Don't even expect. I actually feel a bit embarrassed when somebody gives something back. Like just, just give. Just give yourself. Everybody gives your children Eidi. You don't give it to anybody because it's bid'ah. It's not mentioned anywhere in the Quran Sunnah to give Eidi, is it? So you say it's bid'ah. But you're okay to let your children accept it. You go to a restaurant and everybody's eating and then you finish eating and then the bill comes and you go to wash your hands. There's nothing, why are you guys laughing? There's nothing wrong with washing your hands or am I teaching you bad ideas? It's just stinginess. I mean, stinginess, uh, you know, it's, it can be remedied. That's what I'm saying. It can be remedied. You know, what would the world be if we did not exchange things? What would the world be? What kind of a social life where humans are social beings? Humans are social. If we don't give to one another, where are we going to be? If people don't give me, if I don't give to people, what, what kind of love can we engender? Right? So... Think about it from that perspective. It's a therapy. According to one friend of mine, the research he's done, he's actually got a book on it, Thinking Person's Guide to Happiness. If you want happiness, he puts it down to one thing. He said, give, 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 and you will be happy. And then he shows that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the... Because at the end of the day, you know what the ultimate reward is in paradise? It's Allah giving, 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 giving. What is paradise? It's the gift of Allah. And He gives and gives in paradise to an amazing level. That you're going to get from giving. And that doesn't have to be just money. It's giving everything. Giving other things of your life as well. May Allah make that easy for us. Thereafter that, He passed by another group of people. In Surah Shura, verse 37, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, 
والذين يجتنبون كبائر الإثم والفواحش وإذا ما غضبوهم يغفرون These are the people who avoid the big sins. They are careful about falling into big sin and immoral acts. Today it's so easy to be immoral, to do immorality. So they avoid that. And if they do get angry, then they are forgiving, they're pardoning. So they don't allow their anger to overcome them. You see, some of us have natural anger. We just have to learn to calm down a bit. And some people have very less anger. They don't even get up even if they're abused or even if their religion is abused or their parents are abused. They need to wake up a bit. It's a balance. Some of us have shortcoming in some things. Some of us have too much of something. We just need to balance. That's a challenge. That's a human being challenge. Only the Prophet ﷺ was perfect in every bit of character. Thereafter that, he passed by another group of people in Surah Al-Safat. Anyway, first, he, after seeing all of this, he said, I don't recognize myself in any of these people. This is not me. That was his reflection. That is not me, man. I wish I could do more of this. That is not me. And then after that, he carried on reading and he passes by verse 35 of Surah Al-Safat. إِنَّهُمْ كَانُوا إِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ these are the people when it's said to them, La ilaha illallah, there is no God except Allah, they act arrogantly. They act arrogantly, the disbelievers. Then, Surah Al Muddathir, he passes by another group where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying to them, Ma salakakum fi saqar, qalu lam naku minal musalleen, wa lam naku nuti'imul miskeen. وَكُنَّا نَخُوضُ مَعَ الْخَائِضِينَ وَكُنَّا نُكَذِّبُ بِيَوْمِ الدِّينَ What is it that entered you into the hellfire? They, they would respond, we never used to pray. We never used to feed the miskeen. It's talking about kufr, but it talks about a characteristic of feeding. See, Allah wants feeding to happen. Right? And we used to just indulge with the indulgers in, in wrong things, in redundant things, in trivial things. So we denied, and we denied, we denied the, the, day, of, the day of recompense, the day of hisab, we, we denied the hereafter essentially. So he says, Oh Allah, I exonerate myself from these people. I am definitely not one of these people. I don't find myself in the first group, but these people, I'm definitely not part of them. Finally, in Surah At-Tawbah, he gets to the verse 102, which says, وَآخَرُونَ اعْتَرَفُوا بِذُنُوبِهِمْ خَلَطُوا عَمَلًا صَالِحًا وَآخَرَ سَيِّئًا عَسَى اللَّهُ أَنْ يَتُوبَ عَلَيْهِمْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ غَفُورٌ رَّحِيمٌ And there's another group who are confessing of their sins. They know they've sinned and they're confessing their sins. They have mixed up good deeds with bad deeds. So this is a group where they've mixed up good deeds with bad deeds. They're confessing of their sins. And it is very likely that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept their repentance. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all forgiving and all merciful. And so then he says, Oh Allah, I am from this group of people. Now that's a journey that he took. That's a journey that he took. And that's a similar journey that we need to take as well.
that kind of a journey is just giving you an idea of how to reflect on the Quran. It's basically to ponder over the verse of that, where am I with this? Not where is that person with this? Where am I in accordance with this? We need to do our own soul searching, our own soul searching. It is such a therapeutic thing. It is just so comforting for a believer to do this because you're reading Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's word. We're getting to our heart. Because apart from, you see, the Quran, what it does is that it, prevents, it presents profiles. The Quran presents a number of profiles, profiles of believers, of righteous people. That encourages us. It also sketches profiles of polytheists and unbelievers and wrongdoers and oppressors and then shows what they're going to get. So that helps us to reflect there as well. So the Quran represents both individuals and communities. It speaks about individuals, it speaks about communities and nations as well. So let's look at the following. For example, in Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يُعْجِبُكَ قَوْلُهُ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَيُشْهِدُ اللَّهَ عَلَى مَا فِي قَلْبِهِ وَهُوَ أَلَدُّ الْخِصَامِ وَإِذَا تَوَلَّى سَعَى فِي الْأَرْضِ لِيُفْسِدَ فِيهَا وَيُهْلِكَ الْحَرْثَ وَالنَّسْلِ وَاللَّهُ لَا يُحِبُّ الْفَسَادِ وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُ اتَّقِ اللَّهَ أَخَذَتْهُ الْعِزَّةُ بِالْإِثْمِ فَحَسْبُهُ جَهَنَّمُ وَلَبِئْسَ الْمِهَادِ there is a, this is what Allah says in Surah Al-Baqarah verse 204 to 206. There is a type of man whose speech about this world's life may allure you. And he calls Allah to witness about what is in his heart. Yet he is the most contentious of enemies. When he turns his back, his aim is to spread mischief through the earth and destroy crops and cattle. But Allah does not approve mischief. When it is said to him, fear Allah. He is led by arrogance to even more crimes. When you tell him to be good, he, he gets even worse. Enough for him is hell, an evil bed indeed to lie on. That's a sketch of a bad person. Contrast this to another verse in Surah Al-Baqarah, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And there is a type of man who gives his life to earn the pleasure of Allah. And Allah is full of kindness to his servants. The Quran, uh, the Quran then in Surah Al-Ma'idah speaks about a community. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu man yartadda minkum an deenihi fasawfa ya'tillahu biqawmin yuhibbuhum wa yuhibbuna adhillatin ala al-mu'minina a'izzatin ala al-kafirin yujahiduna fi sabilillahi wa la yakhafuna lawmata la'im thalika fadlullahi yu'tihi man yasha'u wallahu wasi'un alim so this is talking about a community. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, O oh believers, if any from among you turn back from their faith, Allah will soon produce a people whom he will love as they will love him. They will be lowly with the believers, meaning they will be humble with the believers, mighty against the unbelievers, fighting in the way of Allah, and never afraid of the reproach of those who find fault. That is the grace of Allah which he will bestow upon whom he pleases, Allah is all-encompassing and all-knowing. That's one community Allah speaks about. May Allah make us of them. The other community Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about in Surah Al-Ahzab. مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ رِجَالٌ صَدَقُوا مَا عَاهَدُوا اللَّهَ عَلَيْهِ فَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ قَضَى نَحْبَهُ وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَنْتَظِرُ وَمَا بَدَّلُوا تَبْدِيلًا Verse 23 of Surah Al-Ahzab. Again, even a better among the believers are men who are true to their covenant with Allah. Of them, some of them had fulfilled their pledge already, and some are still waiting. 
but they have not changed their resolve in the least. Nothing changes them. They're still resolved to do the right thing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives many, many examples in the Quran. For example, I mean, our time is coming to an end. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's a number of you look for the word daraba, daraba, daraba. Allah gives an example. Allah provides an example. Allah provides a parable. So here, just mention one to you from Surah Al-Nahl. وَضَرَبَ اللَّهُ مَثَلًا قَرْيَةً كَانَتْ آمِنَةً مُطْمَئِنَّةً يَأْتِيهَا رِزْقُهَا رَغَدًا مِّن كُلِّ مَكَانٍ فَكَفَرَتْ بِأَنْعُمِ اللَّهِ فَأَذَاقَهَا اللَّهُ لِبَاسَ الْجُوعِ وَالْخَوْفِ بِمَا كَانُوا يَصْنَعُونَ This is really something that we need to think about because some of this description definitely fits our condition in the West. Allah sets forth a parable a city enjoying security and peace. Don't we enjoy security and peace, alhamdulillah? And abundantly supplied with sustenance from all sides. Ajwa dates galore, mashallah. Wherever you go, now it's ajwa. Nothing less than ajwa, alhamdulillah. Yet, they were ungrateful to the favors of Allah. So Allah made them taste hunger and terror in extremes. That is what I am always frightened. Because, mashallah, the prosperity that we're ex experiencing, you know, that there's just so much. Alhamdulillah, Allah has given us access to so much, mashallah. All the fruits of the world are brought to your feet, you know. When the mangoes of India will finish, you'll get Pakistan. When they finish, you'll get Bangladesh mango. And then you get the Mexican mangoes all, all year round. I mean, how Allah has brought everything from around the world to our feet. Right? And Alhamdulillah, Allah has given most people the ability to spend and to indulge. And I get really fearful, you know, how long is this going to last? You do shukr, tell your children to do shukr. When you are iftar and you have that good, you know, mashallah, just say, do shukr to Allah for what he has given us. Because if we don't do shukr, we're in trouble. And if we do shukr, Allah will give us more. Teach your children to do shukr, to say, Alhamdulillah, when they get a new garment, when they get a new pair of shoes, Whatever it is, just teach them. I'm telling you, do the shukr. Say it loudly, Allah ta'ala ka shukr. You know, thank Allah for this. All thanks to Allah. All praise to Allah that He gave us this. You have to put it into action. And you'll see they'll pick it up, inshaAllah. So Allah made them taste hunger and terror in extremes, closing in on them like a garment because of the evil which they had wrought. So the Quran pre presents many contrasting types. You get both to reflect on so wherever we are we get a benefit that's the beauty of the quran this is a short time that we had how much how can we how can we encompass the beauty of the quran in this short amount of time but may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to start this find the translation you can get them from azhar academy um, there's good translations mashallah and start reading you know along with your reading start reflecting and you will see that your life will change inshallah may allah change our life illuminate our life may allah raise us with the quran may allah illuminate us with the quran may allah elevate us with the quran may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us through the quran may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us through the quran may allah allow us to defend the quran may allah allow us to read the quran to understand the quran to reflect the quran to contemplate the quran to study the quran and to teach the quran and above all may allah allow the quran to be a source of intercession for us on the day of judgment and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make the Quran a source of prevention for us from the hellfire and may Allah then elevate us with the Quran when we read the Quran elevate to the highest levels of Jannah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from us
اللهم أنت السلام ومنك السلام تبارك يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث اللهم يا حنان يا منان لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إنا كنا من الظالمين جزا الله عنا محمدا ما هو أهله يا معدن الجود والكرم يا أكرم الأكرمين ويا خير المسؤولين ويا خير المعطين يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم اغفر لنا وارحمنا وعافنا وهدنا وارزقنا اللهم اغفر لأمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اغفر للمسلمين والمسلمات والمؤمنين والمؤمنات الأحياء منهم والأموات يا الله يا الله we asking for your mercy Ya Allah, we're asking for your forgiveness. Oh Allah, we're asking for your blessings. We're asking from your generosity. Oh Allah, we're asking from your rahmah. Oh Allah, oh Allah, we are sitting here. We are listening. Oh Allah, we are spending time in your home. Oh Allah, we thank you for allowing us to do this. Oh Allah, you have given us so much more than so many others in this world. And on top of that, you have given us the ability to say, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh. Oh Allah, we thank you for this. We are grateful to you for this. Oh Allah, make us of those who, are, who have gratitude. Make us of those who remember you abundantly. Oh Allah, make us of those who remember you abundantly. Oh Allah, do not make us of those who forget you. Oh Allah, our past forgetfulness, our past heedlessness, our past negligence, our past shortcomings, our past sins and transgressions. Oh Allah, our shortcomings. Oh Allah, forgive us for all of those things. Oh Allah, we have no other door to turn to. Oh Allah, and we know that your door is open for us, especially in Ramadan. Oh Allah, you are writing people freed from hellfire. You are waiting for small, small excuses to forgive people. Oh Allah, if we can't even produce a small excuse, then what kind of people are we? Oh Allah, guide us aright. Grab us by the the forelocks and enter us into paradise. Oh Allah, oh Allah, do not allow anyone, any one of us to turn away from here without being completely forgiven today. Oh Allah, we ask you to forgive those sins that bring darknesses to our homes. Oh Allah, those that have brought hatred among people, those that have caused conflicts, those that have taken the blessings away, oh Allah, those that have taken the comfort away, those that have taken away all the goodness from, uh, from our lives, oh Allah, we ask you to forgive us, oh Allah, grant us an insight to see what we are doing wrong, sometimes we don't even know that we're doing something wrong, oh Allah, we ask you forgiveness from those sins that have now become part of our lives and we no longer even com- consider them sins anymore. Oh Allah, oh Allah, make this Ramadan better than any Ramadan before it. Oh Allah, do not deprive us of the understanding of the Quran. Oh Allah, do not deprive us of the message of your message. Oh Allah, do not deprive us of your words. Oh Allah, just the way you have given us tawfiq to recite the Quran abundantly. Oh Allah, allow us to memorize more, allow us to understand more and take the message more. Oh Allah, allow us to t- uh, study it. And O oh Allah, allow us to be instrumental in teaching it. O oh Allah, accept us all for the service of your deen. O oh Allah, bless all of these masajid. O oh Allah, bless those who've, uh, who, who have uh, founded these masajid. They may not be a- around with us anymore. Illuminate their graves. O oh Allah, and those who are working in the masajid, who are working for the masajid. O oh Allah, accept us all for some kind of service and khidmah. Those who are working for the organizations that are helping your cause, oh Allah, bless all of them, secure them, strengthen them, protect them from all the fitnas which are out there. Oh Allah, oh Allah, uh, wherever there's persecution either taking place or about to take place, oh Allah, we ask you to prote- for protection. We ask you for protection and preservation. Oh Allah, allow us to become stronger, allow us to become more strengthened and fortified. Oh Allah, accept our du'as and make the remaining part of Ramadan even better than the previous part of Ramadan. Oh Allah, we ask that you send your abundant blessings to our messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
grant us his company in the hereafter. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifuna wa salamun al mursaleen wa alhamdulillah. The point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously, to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam, at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials certificate, which you take 20 short modules. And at the end of that, inshallah, you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind. You can continue to, leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures, but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.